Well, happy Friday, everyone, and welcome to this week's Fireside Chat. I'm Lisa Stearns, and I'm, of course, here with Dr. Tim Cross, our Senior Vice President. Today, we'll be discussing how re-entry into the workplace is progressing. Plus, we'll gain some insight into some coping strategies when it comes to this pandemic, which I know we could all use as this thing goes on. A um, couple reminders, uh, you know the drill. Be sure to keep your audio muted so everyone can hear the conversation. Use the chat function on Zoom to ask any questions you may have, and you can publicly post those questions, or you can send them to me privately via chat. And of course, a recording of this session will be made um, and posted to the UTIA coronavirus website. You can find that link at our new website, utia.tennessee.edu. So Tim, we do have students now back on campus and we do have our offices reopening. What does the case count look like? Well, thank you, uh, Lisa, for once again kicking us off and uh, moderating our fireside chat today. And welcome everyone. Glad to have uh, those of you that are able to join us uh, with us today and, and glad to have a chance just to share some updates and, and uh, uh, have a really good conversation also about uh, how how we're doing in terms of an organization. Well, let's start out as as Lisa suggested and and get an update on cases because uh, uh, we we hear a lot uh, in the news and yet uh, sometimes we don't feel like we have a lot of uh, specificities. Well, first uh, we have had some positive cases around campus. Uh, students started returning Sunday. Uh, and actually, over the past couple of weeks, we've we've seen positive cases. Uh, there is, uh, you know, some indication that uh, we've got uh, students, faculty, and staff that that do uh, have positive diagnoses at this time. Uh, and uh, the good thing about it, though, is that response to those cases has been very good and very timely. Uh, contact tracing has been taking place immediately. And space closures uh, have uh, followed immediately as well, followed by in-depth sanitation procedures. Uh, so really the, the response to these cases has been uh, outstanding, I think. Uh, and I believe that will really help to, to control uh, the increase in number of cases. We have no reported positive cases off campus uh, at this time. Uh, and I share with everyone that there is a new COVID-19 data report available at the University of Tennessee Knoxville uh, coronavirus website. And it includes the data for all of UTK and UTIA employees and students. So if you want to see the current case count uh, uh, in terms of uh, specific numbers, you can go to the UTK coronavirus website and there's a link there that says uh, COVID-19 data. Uh, and that data will be uh, updated at least twice a week and it may even get to the point of being updated uh, daily. So that will provide some, some up-to-date information. And I know some of you are thinking, gosh, there's positive cases. I uh, wonder who it is and, and uh, uh, I wonder if it impacts me. Let me first of all reassure you, if, if you, uh, well, every positive case has immediate contact tracing take place. And if you were identified as a direct contact, you would already know uh, that, that you were a direct contact. You'd have been uh, in touch with one of the contact tracers or someone from the health department, uh, and so you would be informed. So if you don't know, that means you you have not been uh, direct contact uh, with one of these cases. Uh, so that that's uh, I, hopefully uh, very good news for everyone because uh, 
Uh, we've had uh, very few cases uh, throughout the Institute, uh, not only this past week, but, but throughout this pandemic. We are very fortunate in that regard. So, so many of us I know have been um, working on scaling up our uh, offices and reopening them. How, how is that working in your opinion? You know, feedback I'm getting and in my own observations, uh, uh, well, not comprehensive, at least I've got a, a glimpse of what's going on across the institute. I think everyone's doing a great job in making uh, their offices accessible. And again, that doesn't necessarily mean that uh, every person is there every hour of the day. And in fact, that's not what we want. We want a scaled up uh, reopening process. And, and I think everyone's been doing a good job of that. Uh, I, I do want to thank our deans, department heads, and directors for making plans and helping to advance the Institute uh, in being more accessible, while we also make uh, every effort we can to keep everyone healthy. So thanks to each of you, we're also seeing, I think, very good compliance with uh, health self-checks, wearing the face coverings, maintaining social distancing, staying home when sick, uh, all those things we talk about every week. I appreciate everyone's uh, compliance with that and willingness to, to follow those procedures. It makes all the difference. Uh, I'd also share that this, uh, the last couple of weeks, we've had several successful outdoor events uh, that have been conducted uh, largely by uh, UT Extension and largely for our 4-H youth. Uh, and those uh, seem to have gone well and we'll continue to uh, follow all the guidance with regard to conducting meetings or events, uh, but meantime, each of us have to stay vigilant. They have to keep up uh, the good work that I mentioned just previously. Uh, follow, follow all of our health guidance to keep yourself and to keep others safe. And one last point uh, regarding the reopening. For those on campus, uh, you may have joined us for the discussion of our campus facilities on Monday, and there was a question about Mabel's. Uh, have good news, Mabel's will be reopening for those of you on campus on August 17th, which is Monday. So if you're looking for a place to get something to eat and you've been frustrated that uh, there wasn't anything available on the agriculture campus, uh, good news, uh, Mabel's will, will be there and ready for you on Monday. Lots of people will be happy to hear that, I'm sure. So, so one of the things that um, we know and research uh, bears this out, and that is that pandemics cause stress. And of course, this one is no different. It may be one of the worst we've ever seen. So how, I know this has been a concern of yours um, as you think about the entire UTIA family. So how do we cope? Well, I, I think that's a question we're all starting to ask ourselves, or at least let me just speak for myself. Uh, and, and let me say, I, I remain very positive, very optimistic, as I, as I just mentioned, uh, ticked off several successes and positive indicators uh, in my uh, earlier remarks. Uh, but I'll have to be honest and say, uh, while I think we're doing a great job in delivering real life solutions, there's been times I've felt out of sorts uh, over the past uh, four months. Uh, today marks our 20th fireside chat. And if you'd asked me in early March, uh, if we'd be having 20, uh, you know, institute wide town halls or fireside chats, I'd have said, no way, we'll be past uh, this issue long before that. But here we are, uh, and you know, I think it's time we really think about how do we cope uh, with, with the challenges that we're facing today. Uh, the good news is we, we've got one of our own experts uh, to join us for a discussion, uh, and that is Dr. Heather Sedges, uh, who is an associate professor in family and consumer sciences. Heather joined uh, UT Extension in 2014 
and she is a human development specialist focusing on individual and family well-being. And so I think that really is a great uh, topic then for us to focus on today. Uh, I'd like to uh, ask Heather a few questions, but as usual, we, we of course also invite uh, our audience to, to uh, uh, enter questions as well. And remember, you can ask them uh, uh, to Lisa Stearns privately through the chat box. So Heather, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, we're, we're glad to have uh, an expert uh, in this uh, area uh, on, on today's fireside chat. So let me just start out and so ask you, why are we all so stressed out these days? Mm. Why am I so stressed out? Okay, well, you're a whole different story. So I don't know if I get that in one fireside chat, but I can tell you this, um, all of us are experiencing some kind of stress and it's because of our brains. It's not only because of what is happening around us and all the different little things and frustrations every day, it's because our brains don't know where to put a pandemic. Um, we've never dealt with this before. So if we have a fear of going to the dentist, for instance, we know that, okay, that might be anxiety inducing, might cause a little bit of stress, but our brains have a whole category that it very efficiently, it puts it in and says, okay, but you know, you're going to be all right in the end. Not so much with the pandemic. And so when our brains are trying to find where to put all of these stresses, like, am I going to get sick? Are my, are my family members at risk? Should I, you know, what's the right answer? That causes stress, not only in our brains, but then it makes our, our, our whole systems react because it's releasing well, a hormone called cortisol. And that starts to make us feel really, like you said, out of sorts. It can um, really make us feel tired at times and uh, lead to some depression and feelings of just kind of disengagement and lack of motivation. Well, so it's a problem with my brain. I, I knew uh, you would help me with this, uh, Heather. Thank you. So with that said, well, what, what can we do to really reduce or manage uh, the stress that we're facing? Yeah, the good, the good news is that um, there's lots that we can do. I think the first thing, though, is to, uh, for all of us to realize that we're not going to make stress go away. There, that's just not a possibility. And so instead, what I like to say is start having a relationship with your stress. Um, start to recognize it. Start to see how it, it feels in your system. Um, I, I'm, I'm a shoulder clencher, and so um, that's how I can feel that at the end of the day. So really start, um, you can do this by setting some reminders in your phone, you can keep a log. There's lots of different things you can do to start to recognize when you're feeling stressed and how that's manifesting in your body. And then once you recognize it, there's lots of strategies you can use to reduce it. Um, there's uh, mindfulness activities, um, breathing exercises, taking a walk outside. Doesn't matter how long, doesn't matter how short, just get outside and take a walk. Um, any exercise is one of the great things that really takes that hormone cortisol that I talked about earlier and it helps it dissipate it. It really helps the brain process it. So it doesn't have to be strenuous exercise at all. It could be just taking a, a short walk. 
Um, but there, there are a number of other additional things that we can do too. So it sounds like there are some things we can do. Uh, you, you've identified a few. I suspect there's, there's others as well. Are there any sorts of resources we can look to or any, any summaries of this information uh, that might be helpful? Absolutely. So um, I created a, an Adobe Spark page. It was my first one. So, um, so I, I don't get any extra points for making it pretty. But what I did was I created um, and curated a lot of resources about this very issue for everyone. You can access that, and I hope we can get a link in the chat box. There we go, Mike, thank you so much. It's at tiny.utk.edu slash manage stress. And what you'll see there are buttons that you can click on. Um, you can watch an extended presentation that I gave just this week about this topic. Um, you can also access the slides that I use. And in those slides, there's live links to things like those logs that I just mentioned that you can kind of note how you're feeling. And what's interesting about keeping those logs is um, you can see change over time. A lot of us are very data-minded individuals and collecting data is really a great way to help teach yourself about, about yourself and, and see it over time. So. If you feel like, oh, I feel like I've been in this funk forever. Well, you're actually not as bad as you were a few weeks ago. But there's other resources there as well that I wanna to point to. A couple of our um, extension publications, of course. Uh, but one that I really am a very big advocate for is our employee assistance program. And I put a direct link to that. And um, I, I, I would be very, direct and honest, I have used the resources through EAP. And I have been very impressed with the efficiency, the confidentiality, um, and how fast you can get into service. And so what's great is that they've actually brokered a partnership with an app called Talkspace. And you can call our EAP number, it's confidential, and um, it's not run through UT, it's a whole separate group, so it's not tied to anything here. Um, just call that number, kind of say what's on your mind, and they'll give you an authorization code. Then you go to the link on their page for Talkspace, enter that code, you get five free sessions with somebody right from your phone or your computer that you can just vent to. And then every time you've got a new stressor, you call that number back up, you get five more free sessions. Uh, EAP also has resources on helping to find things like childcare, home maintenance. So if you are stressed about your stress, you can deal with that, but you can also deal with some of the daily life stressors um, through some of their resources as well. Great. That looks like a helpful resource and uh, hope everyone uh, will take advantage of those. As you mentioned, EAP is one of our benefits. You know, we, we routinely take advantage of our, our health benefit or our tuition discount benefit. Uh, EAP is just yet another one of those uh, employee benefits that's there for all of us. So I uh, appreciate you uh, pointing that out. Uh, let me, I see uh, Dr. David Merker's on here. He's with our Forest for Wildlife and Fisheries Department. I want to make sure Dr. Merker understood you right. You said to keep a log, but you mean a, a written <laughs> log, right? 
Um, uh, no, you can get very creative with it. If you would like to um, carve into a log your personal stress score each day, I think that's a totally acceptable practice. <laughs> <laughs> Any thoughts, Dr. Marker? <laughs> I agree, yeah. Very good, all right. Now I'll let, I'll let it ride at that. <laughs> Thank you, David, sorry to single you out. Well, good. Well, uh, Heather, you know, we, we always talk about how uh, we're a family, uh, that we have a family atmosphere here at the Institute of Agriculture. And, you know, sometimes we'll notice one of our family members may, may seem to be in need of support or seem to be in need of help. How, how do you suggest uh, we uh, approach uh, that kind of concern? Yeah, so that's, that's, a, that's a tricky one. But there's, a, there's ways to, to handle that. First of all, um, I think really observing and kind of making some notes for yourself. And if you have a relationship with that person, sitting down and, or, and even if you don't quite have a relationship, just saying, hey, we're around each other enough. Right now during a pandemic, we're not around a whole lot of people, um, but we are. And I've noticed some of these things have, um, to me, if I were experiencing or exhibiting those behaviors, that would kind of be an indicator that I'm a little stressed out. Um, I care for you. I, I don't want you to be stressed out and we want to do our best work. So, um, you know, is there something specific I can help you with? Um, kind of reaching out in that way. But then there's also um, a resource through our counseling center here on campus. And again, I would encourage you to, to use the EAP resource off campus um, and helping someone call and just say, I just need to talk through something really quick. We can do that. Um, and again, th those resources are linked on that, um, on that Spark page. The other important part here is, is to um, talk to supervisors and your, your regional directors and, um, and making sure that um, they're informed about what you're seeing. We have to take care of each other. Um, this is a very frightening time and we need to be open with one another when we've had back-to-back -back Zoom meetings and we just can't have one more. That, you know, our sciatic pain is flaring up and we're just gonna lose it if we have to sit for one more hour. I think if there's ever a time for us to be open and honest with each other, now is the time. I would encourage people to err on the side of checking in on each other than staying quiet. Great, excellent suggestions. And uh, you know, when, when we're <laughs> emphasizing staying apart, um, it, it seems ironic to say, to say, don't forget to connect and, and stay together, but we do need to take care of one another. Appreciate that advice. Well, Lisa, let me uh, pause just a minute, and see if we have some questions. Well, we have the perfect, uh, that was a perfect segue to uh, this question, which is, um, Heather, is there any research on how Zoom uh, video conferencing actually contributes to stress? Because this person says one hour of Zooming seems equal to two normal work hours. Uh, yeah, so I'm gonna go back to the brain to explain this one. Um, it has to do with what we call cognitive load. And so that's the, the amount of work that our brains are doing 
to um, not only process information, but we are processing information in a novel way right now. Our brains are not used to sitting in front of a screen talking to people all day long. We used to, we do it here and there, but not usually. So, um, so the cognitive load is really high. And then if you're trying to figure out the technology itself, or there's always an update, there's always this, there's always that, which are very good. We all need to stay updated, but that can add to that, that cognitive load. In addition, um, maintaining eye contact, staying on so that you can, I mean, because sometimes if, let's be honest, in an in-person meeting, you can kind of doodle on your paper and you can kind of look around, you can swing your feet, you can do that sort of thing. On a Zoom, if you do that, it, you may look very disengaged. Um, so keeping you, staying at attention and um, trying to deal with the technology without the interpersonal real life feedback that our brains and our, and psychologically we crave as people without having that it is a lot more stressful so yeah that's a real thing so i don't think it um well let me let me jump to this question first um so heather how do this person is asking how do i know when my depression is more severe than the typical day-to-day -day ups and downs and, you know, could it be related to this pandemic? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. So I always like this, and this is where kind of tracking how you feel, just create a scoring system for yourself. It doesn't have to be the best thing. I like to use a five point scale, something with a real midpoint. Um, and so set an alarm on your phone or tie it to a routine of brushing your teeth in the morning, where you just kind of jot down maybe how you're feeling that at that point. I'm a, I'm a five. I'm feeling great. We're, we're, we're ready for the day, we're feeling wonderful. Whereas a one is, I didn't get out of bed until about 1.30 today. Mm -hmm. um, so keep that kind of log for about two weeks and, and, and kind of look at that. Some immediate and acute symptoms are gonna be um, inability to fall asleep for multiple nights in a row, um, not staying asleep or um, sleeping too much um, and the reason why I mentioned sleep is that's how our brains are stuck, are trying to uh, process all of this stress. So um, that's how sleep is related to this. Um, over or under eating is also another symptom. So, um, and this is above and beyond what's normal. So um, uh, carbs were my very best, they still are my best friend during the pandemic, but they were really my best friend in the beginning. Um, and there's lots of great science related to why we eat carbs when we're a little down. But um, so those are symptoms. If we're feeling um, increasingly agitated, like we just, nothing is going right, that kind of feeling, if you're feeling that all day, every day, if people are saying, hey, are you all right? start to listen to what other people are saying to you. Um, that's an indicator for, for that. Um, drinking too much alcohol, using drugs um, are ways that um, our bodies want to give our brain a good feeling. 
And when that happens in excess, it's, um, it's a real sign that we're trying to self-medicate. So, um, and I would be remiss if I, weren't, if I did not say, thinking of ways to um, hurt yourself, hurt others, um, if you want to just disappear and never come back again, those kinds of thoughts of wanting the pain, you can't think of any other way out, those are very serious symptoms and should, you should talk to your doctor or call EAP immediately. Um, what I would do, and if you're even asking the question, you know, I've been down for a while, maybe, maybe I'm just a little, maybe I am getting a little depressed. You know what? Make a phone call to EAP. It's free. Better to err on the side of getting a little bit of support and talking to someone and and seeing maybe you really do have a little episodic issue with, with depression. It can be a short-term thing. It doesn't mean you're like that for the rest of your life. Um, and so a professional can really help you understand and process and clarify whether medication might be helpful or whether just using some techniques can help you through this time. Great. Um, this one, Tim, um, maybe for you, and that is, um, when will we re when will we receive our wellness kits? Are you all familiar with that? That probably is for me, and uh, I know that they packed all of them, and then the trick is getting them all distributed. And until Monday, at least on campus, of course, our buildings were still locked, so uh, they couldn't even begin to come to our campus our part of campus uh, un until uh, Monday at the earliest. I don't have a delivery date yet, but that's something I'll follow up on uh, as well. I've got a conversation with the Emergency Operations Center, I think later today. So uh, that'll be a good uh, point for me to follow up on and, and see. And, you know, it reminds me, I haven't got mine yet either. So uh, uh, we're all being treated equally well uh, in this regard. <laughs> So, um, and Tim, here's another one for you. And that is, um, when will we be able to travel to events without having to telecommute for two weeks upon our return? Well, honestly, uh, even right now, I think uh, our guidance is, is that uh, what you should do if you are traveling to an event, and I, I'm assuming this is largely in-state, uh, but it, even out of state, if you're traveling, uh, discuss the circumstances of that travel uh, with your supervisor. Think about where you're going, how you're getting there, where you're going to be staying if it's overnight, uh, what, what exposures you would have uh, to possible direct contacts. Uh, think about whether, you know, it's a place that's experiencing a large increase in cases or if it's a place that has had a relatively small number. And then really it's a matter of deciding between you and, and your supervisor what makes sense, uh, both to, to travel there and, and what to do upon return. Uh, if uh, a mandatory 14 day uh, uh, remote working situation is gonna be required, or if, if the, the practices uh, that you're gonna follow and the place that you're gonna go uh, is such that you can return to the workplace. Right, and then another one about um... This is about the self-checks that we've been asked to use. And the question is, uh, how religiously are those checks being used and or monitored? And um, are we really finding that faculty and staff are using this to report? And also, are students required to do this? 
I think there's okay. seven, seven questions in there when we, when we go back to the start. So are we using them? Well, I know we are because I get notifications, not, not from everyone, of course, but for those who, who report to me, I get a daily notification. Uh, and honestly, it's helpful because that tells me that those individuals are here, here on campus. They're reporting to work. Uh, and, it, you know, it's just good to know because in this day and time, it, it seems like we almost never know is somebody in or are they out or are they planning to be in what's their schedule it, it's been hard to keep track of all that I, I suspect for most of us so for our supervisor it's a really good tool just to to have that uh, uh, data point to say okay uh, that individual is here they're they're cleared and they're they're okay to come to work I think another question in there was is it really making any difference or is it mm -hmm. you know are is it just an exercise or is it having an impact? I'll tell you, we've had uh, individuals who have, who have answered yes to a question and it triggers a whole set of responses and we follow up on those. So uh, it is used. I think, you know, I, I can't attest to whether everyone's being totally honest every day to every question. I hope so. Uh, but I do know that uh, when, when honestly people have said, yes, I've, had a couple of these symptoms, or yes, I, I think I may have been exposed or, or been in direct contact with a positive case, that does trigger follow-up, and, and we act on that immediately. So it, it really is used. It's, it's not just going into some uh, data repository that, that's never acted on. And I know there was at least one more question in there, and that was, are students doing this? And the answer to that is yes, and if you're doing it, you're going to see when you go in, there's a button for students, and there's another button for faculty and staff. So uh, you'll, you'll notice that there is a, a set of questions that's under a separate link for the students. So specifically, are the students required to do this? Or? Yes. Yes. All yeah. students, faculty and staff are required to do it every morning uh, before reporting to campus. Got it. And, and I, I define campus in this case to be a UTIA office. So let me... <laughs> make sure we're clear on that. Uh, we want to follow that same practice uh, uh, across the state as well. And I think it's one of the things that actually really has, it, it, it reminds you, it's sort of like uh, Heather's suggestion, you know, start a little tally and set a reminder in your phone. It's just one of those reminders. If you're not feeling quite right, you know, that question may, may cause you to pause just a moment and think, hmm, today I may need to stay home uh, rather than report to work. So, uh, I think anything we can do to reinforce that, uh, you know, if, if you've been exposed, if you've uh, uh, had a fever, if, if you don't feel quite right, if you've had a couple symptoms, let's err on the side of caution and, uh, and stay home. So there's a question. How do we know that the students are doing this? I mean, can we really know if they are doing the check-in? Well, I, I think uh, the student data is going to uh, uh, student success uh, or student affairs. Uh, so I, I don't see that data, I'll be honest. I, I don't, and if I had 29,000 emails coming to me from all the students, I'm not sure what I'd do with it. But uh, I do know there's a way to monitor that data as well. And, and they'll keep track and make sure, again, that uh, students uh, are doing the required reporting there as well. Keep in mind also that a good portion of our students are taking the majority of their courses online. And so uh, they're, those that are off campus taking online courses may not be completing that self-check every day because they may not be coming to campus every day either. Okay. Um, 
So apparently the D, uh, DVM students have been doing a great job. They report to the clinicians that uh, head the service that they are in. So that's how um, the veterinary medicine students are doing that. It's a good point. Um, so Heather, here's a question for you. So many of us have children and children are having a tough time as we have heard. Uh, processing what a pandemic truly is and why things have changed for them. How do you identify uh, that they may be struggling a bit with stress? Mm, that's a really great question. Um, and a lot of the same ways we do for adults. Um, changes in sleeping patterns, um, increased irritability, um, loss of interest in what they're usually interested in doing. So if you've got a Lego lover who hasn't touched their Legos in, in a few weeks, it's time to start asking some questions like, you know, it's really difficult. Um, I think for children, what happened was that they were really, we all were ripped from their day-to-day -day context. And what we always stress when working with children is to ease transitions, to do a little bit at a time, right? Um, and that didn't get to happen for them. And so all of a sudden, um, they were stuck at home. And what's happening too at home, here's the other thing, is that when adults are stressed in the home, we have something in our brains called mirror neurons. It's what helps us feel empathy towards other people and recognize that someone else might be in pain. Um, it also does that for stress. So think about how you feel when you encounter someone who's really mad you start to feel a little agitated, right? Same thing for children. They have those mirror neurons too. So if parents are really stressed in the home, the children are feeling that as well. Um, there are some really great ways to help kids manage um, the stress that they're feeling, um, helping them connect with their friends in, in ways that are, um, if they're old enough to do this. And um, that's, set up a Zoom meeting for them and their friends. Um, I put, I actually hooked up um, FaceTime for my son and a couple of my friend's children, put it on our TV in our living room. And um, we all, they all had their own Lego sets and they were kind of playing together, but at the same, but, but distantly. So that's, so that's, think creatively of options like that. Really, um, if, your children are still at home and will be for a while really focusing on creating routines and helping them stay with them and start a new tradition. Maybe make something fun out of it. Start to, to share a, a craft together or always going for a walk after dinner or something like that. Starting to introduce some, some new traditions that they can look forward to throughout their day. Um, Children like clear black and white certainty in their life, and this is not that. You can have a very clear answer about something. Um, you know, something as simple as, here's what we're having for dinner for the next couple of nights. Um, helping them really be able to predict what's gonna be happening in their lives because the uncertainty is what's contributing to that stress as well for them. Great, great advice. Well, it looks like uh, those are all our questions today. So 
Tim, do you have any uh, final thoughts? Well, I do, and in the interest of not adding to our Zoom fatigue, uh, I think this this makes a good point to wrap up. So let me though re, uh, revisit that. I'll follow up on the uh, wellness kits, and I'll also follow up on where in the world are the student health uh, self checks going. I, I honestly never thought about that question, but it's one I ought to know. I apologize for not having that answer, but uh, we'll follow up on that and and make that information available. Uh, and let me let me then uh, move to thanking Dr. Sedges for joining us today. Heather, uh, you know, it's important for us, obviously, to take care of ourselves or we can't do anyone else, anything for anyone else. So I uh, appreciate you joining us, uh, sharing some uh, great uh, advice, some great knowledge, uh, and also uh, sharing the resources uh, that you made available, too. So thanks for being with us, Heather. Any last remarks you want to share? Just to, to take a moment to, to give yourself a little bit of grace. This is, uh, this is a tough time and we are all stressed. So um, make stress your new annoying best friend. <laughs> um, thanks so much for having me. I really, really appreciate it. Great. Thanks so much, Heather. Well, so it, let me just follow up on that. I, I, I do believe, uh, absolutely believe, we're going to get through this. We'll get through it together. We'll get through it by helping one another, by taking care of ourselves. And I also believe, ultimately, we'll, we'll be better in some ways as a result of having gone through this pandemic. Uh, so I, with that in mind, I, I ran across a quote uh, earlier this week from John F. Kennedy that I thought uh, was, was really appropriate in the situation we're in. And that his quote is, uh, the Chinese use two brush strokes to write the word crisis. One brush stroke stands for danger and the other stands for opportunity. In a crisis, be aware of the danger, but recognize the opportunity. So I think, uh, you know, clearly in, in this COVID-19 pandemic, there, there is certainly danger and we see that, uh, uh, or at least the risk, we see the risk very clearly. Uh, we may not always, you know, uh, initially identify the opportunities, but I think we're starting to see more and more opportunities as well. So let's continue to be uh, mindful of, of what uh, new research and education needs might be out there, about ways we can implement new methods of meeting those needs, uh, ways we can modernize our work procedures, and, and really recognize some of those opportunities uh, that JFK referred to. So with that, uh, I'm, I'm gonna say as usual, I hope each of you have a great weekend. Stay in touch with your supervisor, uh, stay in touch with your coworkers. Let us know how we can help or support you. I always appreciate the questions because just like today, uh, you know, we've had a couple just have not occurred to me, but if they've occurred to you, they're important and we wanna make sure we can provide you those answers and share with you some certainty uh, about uh, some of these things that we're all facing. So with that, I'm going to say uh, uh, thanks for joining us once again. And, and again, have a great weekend. Thank you, Asa. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks, Heather. And see you next week, everyone.